Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, December 18th. 2022 coming at you live from Floored Media in Rockville Center. Another big show coming up for you tonight. Just myself, Sean Cuthbert, and Chris Botta talking New York Islanders. Chris, how are you? I'm doing great. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy yes. Hanukkah to everybody who celebrates. Really nice to be here, Sean. Yes, no question about it. Crazy that we're already at the holidays. Yeah. My God, time <laughs> just effing flies. Want to remind everybody that we are proud to be presented by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. New location at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and of course, UBS Arena at Belmont. Also proud to be sponsored by Lost Farmer Brewing Company at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. Big viewing party coming up there on Thursday, this Thursday, December 22nd, Islanders versus Rangers. Live Hockey Night in New York pregame show at 6 p.m. Puck drops at 7. Live sound. Great beer specials. It's going to be a great night. Come on down. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have our pals from Rangers. Ed coming down to hang out with us. Weird, weird situation there, Chris. Everybody that hosts that show is named Ed. Look at that. Coach Ed. I look forward little to Ed. Look for it. Little Ed. Big should, Ed. We should let the other fans know, though, it's a segment. With them, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. We're only going to get a few minutes. Islander fans coming. Yeah, be, you know. Okay. Yeah, we'll let them talk about their team a little right. while. We'll give them fifteen minutes, which is about what the Rangers will do in the game. Exactly. The- <laughs> Chris, I love it. Fantastic. So yes, come on down. We're gonna have a great time with Lost Farmer on Thursday night. Going to be a great, great time. And of course. Happy to be sponsored by our brand new sponsor, Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play, food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop board games to your family. Our staff will help you find the right game for you. From old favorites to the hottest new releases and special December events, Dungeons and Dragons Holiday Week Camp for grades 4 to 7. And for adults, our New Year's Eve board game bash. Looking for meetups to join? Our Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, and Game Night Live communities are welcoming for all. Located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village, go to Main ST boardgamecafe.com for more intro info <laughs> main street board game cafe find your crowd unplug your game you know how many times when i did that spot for my old podcast i would say main street boardgamecafe.com as, as opposed to main st so i i salute you for getting that right. i appreciate because this is live chris <laughs> yeah, exactly. i mean i don't get to do this over i mean i kind of do but i really I don't mess that up so much <laughs> as i mentioned last week that one it is a great place so if that is your thing folks whether you're uh no matter what just go check out that place in huntington you will find a home there i honestly i wish there were more places like it well i can't wait to get over there hopefully they franchise uh but huntington a great town so many things going on over there and um yeah it's a it's a wonderful spot uh it spoke to neil the owner and he's doing great things over there yeah so absolutely so chris with the pleasantries out of the way 
Obviously, we'll do a quick little recap of what happened this week. The Islanders started off a, a road trip in Boston. They go 1-1-1 one, one, and one for the last three games. 4-3 to three, shootout loss in Boston. So, to me, that's a tie. You had mentioned on our just on our last show they need to lose better. They hadn't they <laughs> yes. hadn't they hadn't lost a game that way. Yes, right? right. They won three in overtime. They had no extra points. And uh sure enough, they did it the very next game. There it is. So do we accept that loss? I mean No. Uh you know <laughs> the this was a uh a, the, the big positive of course is Saturday in Las Vegas and we're not gonna skip over that. Uh, I thought that Boston game was very winnable. I thought Boston got out of there with two points on a night where even their own fans and the reporters who cover mm. them say that this was a game, you know, and we talked about this on Sunday with their travel schedule. Right. That they were just not into. So, you know, you definitely feel like the Islanders gave up a point there. Mm. I was thinking if you, if you bet on the, if you were an Islander better, this season despite the fact that they are now like four or five games over 500 mm. you've probably lost money because this <laughs> season game to game yeah. has been incredibly unpredictable and this week is another example of this yeah when you write up the one one and one record from this week like did anybody look at it and say okay shootout lost to boston regulation lost Arizona and a regulation win against Vegas, right? Like, I don't think anybody did, but that's exactly what happens. They, they lose five to five to four in Arizona at mullet arena, which was, um, kind of an interesting circumstance. I, I was looking at, uh, Kevin Kurz and Ethan Sears and, and Stefan Rosner and Andrew gross, like all their comments, all their commentary on, on the arena and what was going on there. The, the low ceiling and the, the college atmosphere. I mean, Look, you obviously have a first-hand degree in, in arena oddities, right, mm -hmm. with the New York Islanders. So, so when you see that, and and with the with the league going above and beyond, right, for the Arizona Coyotes to survive and and do this temporary situation there. I mean, what do you, what do you make of that whole situation? It, it's strange, and I don't agree with it, and it brings the revenue down. And oh, by the way, for I said that once to show, at least for all the fans who said, I don't mean just Islander fans or mm -hmm. fans of the show, and thank you for that, who say, oh, but don't worry about the salary cap because it's going up big next year, and it never seems to. And this <laughs> right. week we learned, ironically, the same week, around the same time the Islanders are playing in Arizona, we learned that the salary cap next year is projected now, after talk of it going up three to four million, which is a big difference, is only going up around one. That was based on right. comments that Gary Bettman made. So, um, Listen, it's silly. I'm happy for the fans of Arizona. I, I get it. Gary Bettman has dug in time and time again to try to make that work. And if this is what it's got to be, then so be it. But let's not try to pretend that it's some sort of great thing. You're making the most of it. By the way, the Arizona fans are not snapping up these few tickets that are available. And the proof of that is, is every game, not just the Islander game, but every time you see a game there, ESPN's had a couple, the visiting team, Boston, had yes. more than so. So, you know, might want to be a little concerned that the fans of Arizona, and there are good fans there, don't get me sure. wrong, but the fans of Arizona, and boy, did we go on a tangent in this segment. Uh, I, no, but, but I, I but, need, and I have but, another but question. The fans for you. of Arizona did, did not snap up all their tickets, and, and cynically, you could say, well, maybe some bought them as an investment and are putting them out on StubHub and taking advantage. Maybe some Islander fans paid a lot to go. You know, that I don't know, 
but Arizona didn't have a home ice advantage when they played in a regular size arena, and <laughs> now they don't when they're in this small arena, and it's even more pronounced. I and, mean, the Islander fans showed up. And, Chris, this is why I have to ask this question. <laughs> the league let the Thrashers move from Atlanta to Winnipeg, fine, right? They let the Whalers move from Connecticut to Carolina. Why is the league so adamant mm. about keeping the Coyotes in Arizona? What is that about? That's a great question. I don't, I'd have to look up. To, I don't recall anybody asking Gary Bettman or Bill Daly that specifically. Like, you know, what is it that about, about this market that has them so dug in? I get it. It's American. It's an American market. Mm -hmm. It is a, it's not a top, top um, market uh, in terms of, uh, you know, Nielsen ratings and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think they still believe in the potential there. But uh, none of it makes sense. The only other thing that I could compare it to, and obviously you're talking about the Coliseum and, and oddities yeah, we've got there yeah. in Barclays, but when the Ottawa Senators started in the league, they played in the Ottawa, Ottawa 67s rink, which is a small rink under the stadium of the uh, Canadian Football League team. And we'd go in there and, uh, you know, with 6,000 people, one side of the arena was just like 10 rows. It was really intimate. Huh. It was unique. You knew there was an end goal for a new franchise. But what you see with leagues, including leagues I've worked for, is that they have all these kind of hard and fast rules. You need to get an expansion team. You need this, that, and the other thing. To do this, you need this. But there's always exceptions. And when it comes to the Coyotes, Gary Bettman and the Board of Governors who are in, who vote for this kind of thing, they've given, they've enabled this because they, mm. they must believe in it somewhere along the line. Yeah, no, I mean, that's got to be it because, I mean, there's, there's markets chomping at the bit. I mean, I think Houston's kind of like waiting for a team and obviously Quebec. I mean, you look at logistics and stuff, we don't have to worry about that right now, but... It seems like there's there's cities that are waiting for a team, but the Islanders are just uh, sorry. The league is just so steadfast yeah. in keeping the Arizona Coyotes around, and that's great for their fans. But it just it doesn't make sense to me with everything that's going on. No. But before we break, just what do you make of this one one and one week for the <laughs> New York Islanders? Right, the shootout loss to Boston. They they drop a weird one in Arizona. A couple of a couple of lucky goals for the Coyotes off of Islander skates and bodies and whatnot. Um, probably not their best game. Maybe they, they took their foot off the gas after they went up two to nothing. And then maybe they, they kind of learned their lesson going into Vegas, right? They said, okay, we dropped a, a game we shouldn't have to the Coyotes and let's take care of business against Vegas. And they get that win. And so now it doesn't look so bad. Yeah. The Arizona game was distressing and concerning and kind of made you wonder i'll speak for myself about this team about lane lambert how could that have gone so bad for a long stretch there right. i thought when they had the delay after arizona took the lead and then they had the delay at the islanders bench with the door that took forever i it seemed like it would kill arizona's momentum mm -hmm. and favor the islanders and i thought the islanders still might win and they didn't so it was a bad night <laughs> uh, if there are, if there aren't many more like them, you're okay with it. Here's the positive about the Islanders. Where I could end this week is that when it comes to that Vegas win, mm -hmm. and and uh, certainly Varlamov is a big part of that. But when it comes to this Vegas win, the one thing about this team this year, which is a big big positive, is that every time it looks like 
they're going on the downside mm -hmm. that boy if they don't win this game right we could be looking at a slide if they don't win this game it makes you wonder about this team if they don't win this game <laughs> right. they're going to be six points out of a playoff berth by the end of the week i will say just about every time in this season and we're still only 30 games in or so they have won that game so i know eichel didn't play uh Taylor didn't play but still mm -hmm. a good sign uh, that they came out of that with both points. So that is a, a huge positive uh, to end this week, in my opinion. I think that's a, a great point to make. And if you want to even put some more rose-colored glasses over it, they took three out of four points out of Boston and Vegas, right? Mm -hmm. And that's pretty good. None out of Arizona. <laughs> Zero. Oh, I'm of sorry. We were putting the, the glasses <laughs> on it. Yeah. Now, all right, and before we go to break. No, I, that, but that's it. That's, that's hockey. And, and, again, long season, and we're still learning, and they are exactly where we feel they're going to be, which is in the playoff. Race. How much flack do you think Anthony Beauvillier got for getting that Aaron stick in the face? Of, I forgot the opposing player, but that's really when that game went off the rails, right? They were up to nothing. They were coasting. Beauvillier gets an Aaron just skating. You mm -hmm. know, it wasn't even a play. He just happened to be loose with his stick. It ends up in a guy's face. It, it, it goes to a, a penalty. They score a late goal to make a 2-1. to one. And from there on out, I mean, Arizona kind of took that game over. That's how they end up winning. I mean, does Lane Lambert kind of – does does he even have a have a talk with Anthony Bavilli over that? I don't think he does because, yeah. uh, one, unfortunate, not, you know, not yeah. intentional – and it just seems when it comes to Beauvillier, there's a, a times a crisis of confidence and things like this happen when you're fighting it. So he has these moments, he gets mm. the overtime goal, and you think, wow, you know, it, it feels like maybe it's always going to be this when it comes to Beauvillier. He's a good player. If he winds up not on the Islanders, I think he'll, he'll have a good long career in this league. But it always feels like him, there's, there's a few guys here who are always in the middle of the setbacks. Indeed. Well, again, folks, 1-1-1 one, one, and one so far for this road trip. Not bad. Shootout loss to Boston. Toss-up, right? I mean, skills competition. They dropped the regulation game to Arizona, and they get a big win in Vegas. 1-1-1. One, one, and one. They're still in the playoff mix. We're going to talk more about it, but we're going to take a break. So thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night New York here at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. And, of course, your favorite podcast providers. We'll be right back. Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand-new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. 
Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are watching and or listening to Hockey Night in New York at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. And of course, your favorite podcast providers. So, little special segment coming up here tonight. 50th anniversary. So, Chris and I, this is actually the uh, the brainchild of Chris Bot over here. Favorite Islander roster. Now, keep in mind, this is not top Islander roster all time. This is not the best all-time Islander roster. This is just favorites. So we're going to start position by position here. Chris, I'm going to toss it to you. We're going to go center, wings, defense, goaltending. Let's start with the center. Chris Botta, favorite all-time New York Islanders roster. And again, just for the criterion, like this is a as a fan favorite. I, I yes. guess there's a couple of cases where you might see on my list that I'll also add a, a you know a personal thought from having to get to work with them or get to know them. But this is this is purely a uh, favoritism <laughs> at center. Let's hear it. I agree with what Howie Rose said. He's the number one New York Islander of all time. He's the guy who made everything happen. I almost feel like he gets lost, which is hard to believe because of the legendary Mike Bossy and, and Dennis Potvin or whatever. But for center, for me, forever a favorite, Brian Trotche. Has to be, and I completely understand that. And... So I have no dynasty guys on my roster because... Well, of course, yeah. I get yeah, it. it wouldn't make sense. And by the way, if you did, that would be okay. Like, I think there's some young... It's like, you know, there are people who might say Michael Jordan's if they or Babe Ruth is, a, sure. is an idol, but they didn't see them play. But, but I, I feel I like, that. Chris, if I if I picked anybody from the dynasty roster, I would have to sit here and say, well, I went back and rolled the tape, mm-hmm. right? Like, I watched sure. the game. That makes and sense. I, and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going with the guys that I actually grew up watching. So it's a very specific time period. And that basically starts from late 80s, early 90s, going on to now. So Brian Trache, Mike Bossy, Clark Gillies, none of those guys are on my list. Dennis Potvin, as great as they are, as, as much as we worship those guys, they're not on my list. Totally so I understand. With all that out of the way, <laughs> my center is actually current New York Islander Matt Barzell. Nice. I, I like it. Yeah, I mean. Because even LaFontaine is after you, right? It's listen, just right on the cusp. Listen, he's my all-time favorite New York Islander, but I was a kid when I watched him. He sure. he was the guy who got me into this team, and mm-hmm. we're going to do honorable mentions. Oh, that's true. I should be careful there. Right, right, and that's okay. But Matt Barr is like, look, basically I started with Robert Reichel. <laughs> I was. I actually thought he might be your pick, Alexi Yashin, <laughs> and right going in, and then you have Mike Peck as the second line center, right, and then you go beyond that, and and you're and you're talking. I mean, what Mike York, <laughs> right? And then there's the John Tavares issue, which was really interesting. I actually saw a couple of fans on Twitter uh, send me their list, and one or two had John, and I get it. I certainly have no problem with it, and. He he would be on that list if he he might he'd be he'd probably be second to Brian or he'd be fine if he was still on the team. Well, you know what's funny which about is a that? Big if. We've sat here on this show multiple times, right? And you have guys like myself kind of defending the fisherman era and defending the jerseys and, and def- jerseys and defending the uniforms and whatnot. And there's gonna be kids coming up, probably entering their twenties if they haven't already, saying, you know what, John Tavares is my favorite mm-hmm. Islander because I grew up with him. He was my number one guy back then. As crazy as that sounds to most Islander fans now, but I mean it's kind of the same, you know, situation. Like he was a what 
top pick in 2009. He was obviously a, a savior for the franchise for a little while. And, and it's funny to think that he was an Islander longer than Patty LaFontaine was. That's he wild. Yeah. On, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe there'll come a point that the, that, Tavares will be like the fisherman, right? Where after, if that's the, what I'm after, saying. After yes. letting 25 years go by, I think that he'll come and get an unbelievable ovation I, at the next mm, arena. Well, <laughs> yes, at the next arena. Yes, yes no question about it. And Turgeon's a great mention too. Um, if not for how dynamic Matt Barzell is, he probably would have been my guy. But I had to go with Barzell, so we'll take it to the wings. Chris, who do you got? Uh, you know, it's funny. I was thinking uh, we spend so much time on centers at this point. We should just do one position a week and milk this until March. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my Tune wings. Next week. My wings. Okay, so we start with my favorite all-time Islander. Period, mm. and that's the man whose nose is in the frame of every big goal, just about probably <laughs> in Islanders history. You've heard me say that before. Glad to see that his number got retired recently. Uh, Hell of a guy, incredible player. He didn't just look like he was working hard. He was working harder than anybody, and that's John Tonelli uh, and from the, from the Dynasty era. And then my other pick, uh, and I, there's so many I could choose from. Uh, we don't have enough honorable mentions on here. Uh, I might not be alone in this, but I just love to watch him play. I love how much he means to a certain era of Islander fans, and that, of course, is Igman Balfi. There we go. Okay, that might be the one guy we agree on. There might be an agreement for us on D. I'm curious to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. But to segue from that, Ziggy Palfi's my right winger. Again, grew up in that era. That's why I appreciate that time. But he really was the most dynamic, you know, wing that they've had in my lifetime, you know, post-Dynasty just uh, it's just such a shame that a guy who could score forty eight goals for the New York Islanders didn't do it uh, with a with a cast around him that could have went to the playoffs and beyond, you know. But just a, a wonderful player. And my left wing actually, Derek King, okay. number twenty seven. Hey, you're not gonna get any arguments from me. He, <laughs> he was there's so many of them, but he was just you know on that list of of good people. And another guy who scored a lot. Yes, but again, like. I looked on the list and I was trying to figure it out and I was like, you know what? There, there's really, it's, it's a position that they kind of had a lot of struggles with. And look, I love Anders Lee. He's the captain now and he's a great left winger. But for me, a, a, a great big part of this, this list that we're compiling here was just guys that, you know, that um, kind of helped me really appreciate the Islanders and, and my fandom, my love for the team and, and, 27 was just that guy for me on the left side. I I, I would not have predicted that he would have been on one of the lists, but I love the choice nevertheless. Let's go with your defenders. And by the way, the reason why I just said two wings, I didn't want to get caught up in the in the social media and say he was a left wing (laughs) or a right. (laughs) That's fair. I just said two wings. Okay. Who are your D there, Sean? So my defense on the left side. He, and again, I didn't do that. That's fine. I did, and that's okay. I went a little more in depth. Okay. On the left side, Darius Kasparaitis on the show recently. But, I mean, this guy was absolutely fantastic. We've talked about him already. We've talked to him already. But if you needed a guy on the back end that was going to lift you up, 
and and not necess- and no not I can't even say not necessarily not from the offensive standpoint of things a mm-hmm. guy who literally got you out of your seat for being a defenseman Darius Kasparaitis the the art of the hip check is gone however there is a Romanov now on the mm-hmm. team now is kind of bringing that I back say, and I yeah. love that but I mean all you have to do is if you can't watch the full games watch those highlights from the Islanders Penguins series in the 1993 uh, what was it? Semifinals, uh, division finals, right? Well, certainly, and Pittsburgh, but really like the entire playoffs. Oh no, no question yeah. about it. But the way he played Mario Lemieux mm-hmm. in that series, I mean, if you if you're gonna fall in love with a player, I mean, that was the time to do it. But but it was a joy watching him, and um, and also a joy just having him on the show. So Darius Kasparaitis for me, without question. And this is the guy I I think could be could be a possibility, but. Probably not given the era that you come from, but um, I've I've told you this before. But Adrian O'Coin, mm-hmm. uh, I actually wore his number playing college hockey for Hofstra, number three, in honor of him because he was such a great player, and and I loved what he brought to the game for the Islanders, and and he was part of that big resurgence for the two thousand one two thousand two team, where again a guy like me who's who's past the dynasty. I, that was a team that I, I feel like a lot of guys, a lot of fans my age fell in love with at the time because we didn't, that was the post Ziggy Palfy fisherman mm-hmm. team for us. You know, they, they get Chris Osgood off of waivers and, and, and you know, they get Pekka, okay, they yeah, get the Yash. And, and I feel like the O'Coin deal was the one that everybody kind of forgets about. I think that was the Friday night of the, the draft Friday weekend. Night, correct, yeah. There you go. And what Matthew Biron, I think, went the other mm-hmm. way. See, see, I remember all this. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a significant time for for somebody like me. And and his his top pairing with with Kenny Johnson was was uh, just a lot of fun to watch. I mean, the guy Laviolette used to play him nearly thirty minutes every night, yeah. and he was fantastic. Twenty five and O'Coin thirty. He had a bomb from the point. He was a leader in the locker room. And Adrian O'Coin, uh, he was he was a big guy for me. So there's my defense pair. Great picks. A lot of fans uh, picked the, uh, the ones that the early ones that I got on Twitter. Casparitis across the board. Yeah, like, more than Danny Potvin was picked. More than no so, way. Uh, and, and not right. and not surprising. And a coin, you know, made me think about it when you talked about him joining that group. Mm. So much when you're the, one of the hardest thing to do in sports is be a bad team for a long time and turn it around, no matter who you add to your lineup. So they, you know, getting Pekka and Yashin, of course, you know, solidifies you one two at center. Right. Uh, getting Osgood helps a lot. Snowy was great in goal mm-hmm. too. You know, so it was a good team. But an underrated part of that, too, is Adrian Coyne coming over, where he'd done very well uh, in Vancouver, then went to Tampa. Um, he didn't know what he was getting in the Islanders. I don't think the Islanders, Mike Wilbury and, and Ken Morrow and others, you know, certainly were fans, and there was a reason why they pulled the trigger. But it was, that wasn't like a no-brainer trade. This mm-hmm. guy's going to – but from the moment Adrian showed up on Long Island, class, class personified, it, yeah. solid player. Uh, one of the readers, uh, viewers, wrote, you know, his picks were Denny Potvin and Adrian Acoin. I said, man, in their prime, those two guys playing together uh, on the power play would have been fun to yeah. watch. So I love your choices, and I will say we don't have any um, redundancies on the defense. Okay, that's all picks. right. So for my older era uh, pick, and I went back and forth on. I knew where my other pick was going to be, but I on the old the, the dynasty pick there. I could have gone so many ways, even earlier, you know, including Jerry Hart and Bert Marshall and all those players like that. Um, 
But in the end, it, I just kind of at the last second when I finalized my list, I was like, I'm giving Ken Morrow's my guy. Wow. And so, you Love know, it. yes, been working for the team forever, had mm. the uh, privilege to be around them for a long time. Gentle, giant, humblest guy is humblest the word, the most humble guy <laughs> that you'd ever want to meet. Mild mannered, <laughs> sweet, quiet, unassuming. But also his his story is just continues to be fascinating for me. He's on like I think about it, um, little Stephen Van Zant is in the E Street <laughs> band with Springsteen. Sure. And he's on the Sopranos. Like yes. that, those are two culturally whether you like them or not. Okay, right. It kinda icon legitimately <laughs> I have something to say. <laughs> two two I legitimately like iconic things that mm -hmm. he's part of, right? Ken Morrow goes from the you know even for a hockey team, maybe the most popular, uh, most beloved iconic American sports team, the 1980 yes. US Olympic team. He goes from that moment and then joins his team. And I know he was good at Bowling Green and I know he was you know, highly sought mm. after, although they got him in a middle draft round. And he comes and from the moment he gets there, he's basically taking a regular shift. Mm -hmm. Butchie's part of the club too. They make the trade. And he, so he goes from winning. The, I, I just, even just saying it out loud, you know, I get it. It's 42 years later, but people understand this. He won, he was on the Miracle on Ice team and then won four right. who, Stanley Cups. Who's had it, a more and, magical and, hockey career than Ken Morrow? And, and was a big, big part of it too. Like, you know, I, I'm not saying he, you know, I know the the purists will say you don't don't mention his name in the same breath as Larry Robinson, but he kind of did that stay at home role. Larry was maybe a little bit better with the puck. Funny thing is, Ken also had these big goals and over yes, he goes to, you know, overtime against LA, right. overtime against the Rangers. So after thinking about Danny Poffin, who I adore, of course, and and Langevin and 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 so many players, I I was like. Ken, Ken Morrow, man, he's the silent man, but I'm not going to forget him. So, Kenny, um, you're my pick. And then the other one happens to be another Kenny, Kenny Johnson. Love um, it. When we got Agents him, when Martin. the Islanders got him in the trade and I was with the team, Milbury said, Chris, watch this guy play. And Mike, being a former defenseman, uh, and then I've heard this from other people after we got him. Wait till you see this guy play, but you really got to watch him. And I'm not, as you know, not a player, but I, I took their mm -hmm. words uh, and I made a point of it. And man, the things that he did protecting the puck, the mm -hmm. little plays. I know sometimes we overrate that. He was a, a beautiful, beautiful player to watch. Um, it's heartbreaking and sometimes we forget that he missed a lot of time because yeah. of concussions mm -hmm. and he still persevered through that uh, a unique guy who went home and left the nhl probably even still earlier than he uh, he could have hung on for more years and a lot more money played on the swedish olympic team uh, another gentleman uh, uniquely not a, an adonis in terms of his physicality or shape sure, and sure. yet he would make fun of me and my colleagues every time it looked like we put on an extra five pounds which then got me <laughs> mad and got so that's like a little personal well that's thing. even cool to hear because yeah. he was such a mild batter quiet oh, yeah. guy oh, that's what that's what made it sting that's He'd awesome be like hey, cb and then, you know <laughs> i would drop the i would try my best to, um that's like one of the things i think about him and uh and again also 
you know, props to Ledecky and Malkin and the spirit of the fact that everybody's welcome back. Yes. Um, including, you know, lesser players. Literally everybody is. Um, yes. Fee Show talked about it on our show. Right. It's so nice, to, uh, you know, when when they've had one or two of these and I've seen the clips, the guys who've actually gotten me a little choked up when I see them even where they're just walking by mm. are the guys who aren't the Dynasty members. So uh, Kenny Onsen. And Ken Morrow are my deep picks. Those are phenomenal picks, and 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 look, I mean, you know, time may have, have fuzzed my memory of this, but if, if I do remember right, when the Islanders clinched their playoff berth in two thousand two against the Washington Capitals, I Ray think Rose that Howie this. Rose mentioned Kenny Johnson first. Yeah, when it came to that. Yeah, they uh, they're up five one against Washington, and then of course us being the Islanders, it goes to five four in the third <laughs> right, period. Of course, yes. uh, Kenny had gotten a big goal, and Newsday's back page, or I think it was the Saturday night game, so it was the Sunday, um, had a picture of Kenny just up against the glass, like you know, enjoying it with the fans. Um, that night after that game, uh, Milbury had a little uh, get together at his house. I think he invited uh, uh, two players, and, and Kenny was one of them. And it just kind of gives you an idea of how much he meant to everybody mm. around there. And if there's anything I'm going to give Mike Milbury credit for, <laughs> it is that defensive core that he built for that, that team. Janssen, Coin, Hammerlick, Hammerlick. And even later, even though it didn't pan out as, as well as people thought, but I thought the trade was great at the time, Yanni Ninema. Yes. That oh, top four that's was... A, that's a heck of a four. Yes. By the way, when you mentioned about guys coming over, and I always said there wasn't a... Um, we didn't have a Kirk Muller situation. I, re- I remembered like a few days later, and we'll just do another show. Like, really, we should make a note of it. But when we traded for Roman Hammerlick, and it was reported, okay... I'm on the draft floor. We'll come back and revisit this because we've already gone 20 minutes longer. We planned on it. <laughs> sure. But I'm on the draft floor. Oh, all right. We get Hammerlick. And then somebody comes up to me. Hammerlick's not happy. He already did an interview. By by the end of the day, mm. he, I don't know if Roman was happy, but he then pretended to be. We turned him around, mm. got him on the phone with a bunch of people, and he wound up being really good for us. And by the way, I ran, into him, I ran into him in Adventureland like a year ago. Adventureland, yes. What? The one in Farmingdale. <laughs> really? So he's still At the like, scary house? He come, he's, he's back here all the time, too. So really? It, it's one, we've talked about this before. Guys love Long Island. Right. Including right. guys who didn't. He came, he came for... Edmonton, I believe, in that trade. Um, yeah. Actually, Grabowski, I think, went the other like, way, if I remember right. Maybe not. No. No. no well, not, not that right. was no, from Andre, Andre Bergeron? Yeah. yeah no, sorry. Got, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Forgive me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but guys love it here. And, yes, he still comes back to Long Island all the time. Who's That's goalie? excellent. Eric Brewer, I think, went the other way. Maybe, for Eric Maybe Brewer, I'm wrong. Goalie. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Been, bro. Who's your right. goalie? Uh, actually... Ilya Sorokin. And I did a backup right. too. Yarrow Halak. Okay, you can't do a backup. <laughs> you could do an honorable mention. Okay. But you only have three <laughs> slots for that. Fair. These are hard and fast rules. Oh, were, uh, were they? <laughs> so Great choice. Yeah, I went with Sorokin. Um I I deliberated over the goaltending a little bit, but I mean he is the uh probably the best goalie that I've been able to watch for the sure. New York Islanders, even in a short span of time. And and a lot of love for, for Robin Leonard mm-hmm. and for even Semyon Varlamov and Glenn Healy. 
And I mean, God, has has a te- has any team, maybe other than the Philadelphia Flyers, gone through as many goaltenders as the New York Islanders mm. have over the past 20, 30 years? Mm. I mean, I can rattle them off, and it's sick to think about. Like after the dynasty years, sure. all those goalies, and there's names that that, that have long been forgotten. But Ilya Sorokin, I mean, this is a very obscure comparison I'm making right now, but like, kind of like a Jason Degrom for the New York Islanders, or like just just one of the best in the business right now, and he and he's and he's done it in a short span of time. He comes over from the KHL, but everybody's talking Vesna for this guy, and he's young enough. He's in his mid twenties, and he's a guy that can really lead this team, you know, from the most important position. Uh, you know, in in the game. So Ilya Sorokin for me is my goaltender. Great choice. I love it. Um, my concern about Sorokin, and I get it, Volomov is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just when he when he didn't start against Boston, I'm just like, I think we need to treat Sorokin like he's the number one goalie because confidence been is this all year because Sorokin is it, confidence is such a big part mm-hmm. of it, and like he he starts that game and then. He doesn't start the the next game, and you're like, oh, well, then that means, you know, and, like, who's the number one here? So, but that's not what this segment is supposed to be about. So, Billy Smith, who happened to be the goalie for the dynasty. Right. Uh, of course, battling Billy, legend, another show into itself altogether is my choice. That's an easy one. A unique guy who was a goalie coach after I joined the team. And, uh, boy, as competitive as they come. And so you see how few shutouts, regular season shutouts mm-hmm. he has. Mm-hmm. Like Sorokin's just about past him. Mm-hmm. And um, But what a great player. Run the clock. So we got – so we're going to take – we're going to take – 45 seconds and we're going to name as many goalies as we can post smitty all right go so go uh (laughs) i'm gonna fitzpatrick rudy hackett wade flaherty garth snow chris osgood (laughs) yes uh fee show now i got the ones who are friends with us right fee show kevin jamie mclennan okay i'm gonna count on you for the later era um dwayne rollison marty biron you go from here Take it from mm, oh Yarrow Halak, Thomas Grice, uh Robin Leonard, uh Rob Glenn Healy, I think I forgot. Glenn name. Healy, you said Fitzpatrick, <laughs> oh god. Uh Jan Denis. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Who else do we got here? Oh, come on. Same error actually. Jan Denis was Tom part- Draper. Tom J- Marcel Cosino. Ten seconds left. Felix Botvin. Good. Um, Tommy Solo, do we name him yet? Tommy Solo, Tommy Soderstrom. <laughs> the funny thing is, we're gonna miss Eric some Fischo. major guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron Hextall. Ron Hextall. <laughs> okay, oh good God. enough. We, but we, but named, like, and like, we haven't even covered them we all. We named thirty in forty-five <laughs> seconds, and there's a lot more to go. So unbelievable. Wade Flaherty, the man. Wade Flaherty. Yeah. Hey, we better go to our honorable mention. Wade Dubowitz. Five minutes. <laughs> and we might have to cancel a segment here. Um, I'll give you my honorable mention okay. picks since you laid off the goalies in the D. Uh, kind of one from each era. Okay. Bobby Nystrom. Okay. God bless you. Bobby and I, I'll say for the 50th time, uh, uh, never let me down after I got to know him. And as a player, you know, an all-time favorite. Not just the goal, not just the 900 games, the fights, the 30 goals or so a season. Uh in on every other big play along with Tonelli, uh, incredible guy, incredible 
for our community too is the Rangers have Graves and different teams, Adam Graves and different teams. Robbie Nystrom, uh, Paula Fontaine certainly is in that category as well. So my three picks, Bob Nystrom, Pierre Turgeon. I got to say this about Pierre. might have alluded to this last time. I, I was kind of intimidated by Pierre when we first got him in the trade. So handsome, so <laughs> elegant, so, so talented that you just, and, and with the French accent, and I'm telling you, this is like, this is an embarrassing bias, but I think part of me was kind of like, what's up with this guy, you know? And we got, we got along fine where what I come to realize, and I did before he was gone, of course, and, and I've talked to him since, not for a bit now, but what I realized like all these years later, and it's like 30 years later, is that he actually happens to be like the sweetest person on the sweetest person on the face of the earth. Like I, it was almost like a misread for me. I never, I, I, I couldn't believe how kind and gracious and graceful and everything that he was. And uh, so he makes my list and, and, and a phenomenal, phenomenal player with uh, one of the single best seasons in Islander history, a top five single best season in Islander. And then for all, the, my third one, there were so many I could have gone. I was thinking of all personal favorites. But then to bring this back, I went with Matthew Brazel because okay. as a current fan who, you know, engaged in this season, you know, more than ever uh, mm -hmm. of recent because I'm partially because I'm doing this show with you and I'm a fan <laughs> for life. Like he's the guy who, Brings me out of my seat. Sometimes makes me flop back into my seat. Sometimes too, <laughs> but I, I think he's a tremendous player. I've said that many times on the show, and uh, so I was like, "How could I not have Barza on this list?" So it was nice that you had him on yours. Yeah, just such a special player. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've seen twice as many guys play for this team that I have, but he's a guy who's just i've never seen anybody play the game the way he does way the way he works his edges the way he controls the puck the way he circles around the zone and 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 you know the confidence that he plays with and the way he circles his own looks for that perfect pass it doesn't always work out but uh super special so i'm glad you mentioned him as well and look i could have given you 20 honorable oh, mentions same here uh but i i did narrow it down so i'm a guy who you know, really appreciates the the workhorses for this team, the guys who don't get all the accolades. And you know, I don't, I'm not a big jersey guy, but I do the jersey thing, the t-shirt with the with the name on the yeah. back. And there's a few guys that I have, and and the first guy that came to mind when I had to do an honorable mention was Franz Nielsen, number fifty one. And I don't think uh, he got all the credit he deserved when he was with the team. He was, or just in the league, just league wide. You know, any any pundits who were who were watching the game, and when they had a little bit of success in those Tavares teams and stuff, when they had the resurgence and stuff, in you know 2016, 15, whatever it was, and he was a huge part of that. And I and I loved his game. Obviously, huge in the shootout. They could use him now, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. But uh, Franz Nielsen was a, was a favorite of mine, and, and we already talked about Pat LaFontaine. Again, he was the guy that solidified my fandom for the New York Islanders, was number he 16. Your second honorable mention? Uh, yeah, okay. absolutely. And I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give like a – Oh, sorry, Chris. Where, where are they? I didn't know we were so strict here with the rules. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, the, the, the viewers and the listeners are going to be so upset that I added an extra guy I would have picked more. All right. Fair enough. So I'll go with no, one guy. No. Number 53, Casey Sezikis. Great choice. Love his game. Sure. And, and again, it goes back to that, you know, unsung hero. He's a guy who's tailor-made for the NHL playoffs. Now, mm -hmm. obviously, he gets you through a season. I mean, he's – I've said this. 
you know, whether it was Tony Stabile sitting next to me, Christian Arnold sitting next to me, for the years that I've done this show, Casey Sezikis probably would have been a third-line center on any other team mm-hmm. in the NHL. But he, he solidified himself as the fourth-line center. That's a really good point. On the New York Islanders. And, you know, you have the, you know, the whole best fourth line in hockey talk with him and Martin and Clutterbuck. But Casey Sezikis is, is one of my favorite all-time Islanders without question. Could I make him my center in this pick? No, of course not. But an, as an honorable mention, just a tremendous player, busts his ass every damn shift that he's out there, and he could score the odd goal. And I'm just a huge, huge fan of, of, of the worth ethic and, and the way he plays the game. So... Please tell me who your other people were. Nikolai Kuhlman. Oh, okay. You know, it's funny. I kind of missed out on the Kowalski, Kuhlman era in that I wasn't uh, as as close to it. So, uh, but I, I I get it. I own three or four T-shirts oh. with Islander names on my back: Franz Nielsen, Casey Sezikis, and Nikolai Kuhlman. Because cool. it's the game the game that they bring. Yeah, it was. It's the workhorse unsung hero game that they bring so there you have it well i hope the fans can uh, continue to share either on the hockey night in new york twitter yes. or our twitter uh and we will go over those lists and, and maybe we'll, we'll come back to this at some point but great choices Sean. yes an absolutely great idea with the segment so folks want to thank you all once again for tuning into hockey night in new york at twitch.tv slash hockey night ny your favorite podcast providers we're going to take one more break we'll be right back miss the days of mixtapes and arcades Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice-cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together. Lost Farmer Brewing Company. At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. Beer not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or a sip of Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu. You can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And for all of Long Island's hockey fans, Lost Farmer created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the newly built UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Whether you're at the stable for a hockey game, concert, or a comedy show, you can find Stable Shaker by can and draft around the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewery, the future of Long Island craft beer. Hey there, welcome back. We missed you too. Now kick up your feet and settle back in to Hockey Night in New York. The Islanders had the obviously one one and one week that we were talking about previously, and they are going in to Colorado on Monday, I believe. And then you have the... Re- You're laughing. Where's the preparation for the thing? <laughs> the problem, the Chris, game, is I'm going to come... Monday. I'm going to come... <laughs> I don't always know. No, the next full disclosure, the handwriting is awful. <laughs> it it looks like Monday. It's, the reason why I know it's Monday is that it's three and four. So well, that's that's why which, you're here. Which uh, hockey players, <laughs> NHL players will tell you is is the toughest. Is but the to truth is, if you're listening to this program to get the right. scheduling for the Islanders, yeah. <laughs> you have yeah, a problem. Nobody needs the us to tell. Right. They can tell us when the schedule is. Exactly. So tomorrow, the <laughs> Islanders go into Monday. The Islanders go into Colorado face 
the defending Stanley Cup champions. Obviously a tough tough game. We've seen what they've done against Vegas. We've seen what they've done against Boston. So maybe not the toughest game in the world. And we'll see what happens. And then a big game on Thursday against the New York Strangers viewing party at Lost Farmer Brewing Company. We're going to have a great, great time that night. Definitely come out. It's going to be a blast. Invite your Stranger fan friends, too, if you want. I mean, you know, you can you can mock them. You can bring them down, maybe charge them double for the, for the drinks and whatnot. But absolutely going to be a great, great time at Lost Farmer Brewing Company. And then they come back home to face the Florida Panthers on Friday. A little holiday special against the Florida Panthers. So, Chris, what say you about these games coming up on tap? Well, I'm especially interested in our event on Thursday because yes. I've been I've been a guest at uh, one or two of your live. Yeah, you actually shows, have to stick but around, I, but, I, but I haven't uh, co-hosted. <laughs> so, please <laughs> join us. Please say hello. Uh, I will be grateful. It would be great to have a lot of Islander fans there and and to talk uh, also after the game as well. Um, Colorado game, I think it's definitely a toss-up game, especially with Nathan out of the lineup. Mm. Um, downers do miss uh, Pellick, and, and we shouldn't uh, lose sight of that. And it doesn't look like he's you know, at least going to be part of this part of the trip. Maybe he'll be back soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but you know, that, that's a pick game. And then the Rangers, I always feel like the road team has the edge lately in mm-hmm. this series. Sure. Um, and the Islanders have but, done well in the garden yeah, lately. But the Rangers have, you know, they have started to find their game. I'm not mm-hmm. totally a, a believer yet. I, I Listen, they're a good team. They're mm-hmm. in the mix as well. Uh, but they have started to find their game. Um, but that's going to be a big one, though. You know, somebody's not going to have a great Christmas to lose. Yeah. <laughs> And then Florida, and then Florida yeah. yeah. Florida, but I don't know how, when we when we have a special midweek live show. Do we we look ahead or all? all I suppose we will, yes. But you know, just in in tradition's sake, Florida is a game. But I mean, if you don't want to talk about I, it, no. We I, have I to, mean, Chris. again, the Panthers. Panthers also. I feel like they're starting to find their game a little bit. Coach is figuring it out. Um, I think that's going to be a, a challenge. The dreaded day after the ranger games so ah yes the post ranger hangover if you subscribe to what we talked about early in the show about how the islanders continue to win the games when they really need to you know perhaps it'll be a good night for the islanders but we'll see we'll we'll regroup on that thursday we will indeed so that'll do it for what's on tap ed i'm going to keep you working ed jay how you guys doing over there by the way Doing great. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, having a good Maybe holiday ha- season? Yeah, well, you brought me a lovely gift. Oh, uh, you Fisherman uh, gear. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I don't fear the fisherman. I haven't. And good I, for you. I never will. Okay. So, all right. So little, good. Okay. All right. How's the, how's the chat going? We got some questions lined up for questions brewing later? We do. Okay, we very do. good. But we got Hero of the Week. That's right. So why don't you cue the, cue the music? Let's do a little Hero of the Week. That's right, folks. When you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the White Whale, featuring chicken cutlet, gravy, onion rings, bacon, fresh mozzarella on a toasted garlic hero. That sounds delicious to me. Go to Blue Line Deli and Bagels flagship deli in Huntington. Mention Hockey Night in New York to get half off the White Whale. So, Chris Botta, who is your hero? 
the week. The reason why I'm on my phone is, and I didn't expect Very to rude. get expect to, didn't expect to get an update on on a Sunday or really any kind of an injury update from the team, which I get it. The team doesn't owe anybody an update. You could see where I'm going for this. Yes, but I just wanted to make sure before I name Semyon Barlamov uh-huh. as my hero of the week. I just wanted to see if there was any news breaking. I do see that our friend Kevin Kerr is the brilliant writer for the Athletic. Uh, it's got a thing about how Semyon's making the case for more playing time, but now his health is in question. But we don't know anything on that. Varlamov was a big part of that victory at that not must win, but an important win against Las Vegas. So Semyon is my hero of the week. Brought to you by so and so who's got a special kind by of By so and so. Well it's the blue <laughs> yeah, but it, no, but I, you always have this sandwich rundown. That's, That's right. Guys. So tell me can you tell me about sandwich or do I have to wait for your pick? <laughs> <laughs> Either way, the white well <laughs> the white well <laughs> made by Blue Line Deli and Bagels. No offense to the named at Blue Line. I was anxious to hear about what the sandwich is. That's all. This, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> so my, my hero of the week is young up and comer coming out of Bridgeport, filling in for injuries. Simon Holmstrom getting his first goal against the Vegas Golden Knights, and beyond that, he's he looks like he belongs. He's been playing. He's been playing well. He's been doing a lot of work that maybe goes unnoticed when you don't talk about points, you know, goals and assists and all that. And he finally cashes in on a goal. And I think this is a guy for me who wasn't really on my radar. Like, I feel like if he was going to be a player for this team, it was kind of gravy. It was a bonus, you know. And the fact that he's he's been called up and he's shown his worth, I'm very interested to see what his long-term future is for this team and and what it might mean for short-term for some other guys on this team that might be struggling. The thing with early round draft picks, by the way, were you done with your thought? Yeah. yeah okay, I just so. wanted to make sure. <laughs> the thing with early round draft I'm long picks with it, Chris. Is, I'm, I'm that are forwards, for example, is that we just think, well, they have to be on one of the top two lines. Right. And if they're not on one of the top two lines and they're not worth talking about or they're not NHL mm. players, I think he's not a first or second line player. I don't think he ever will be mm. um yeah give him some time okay that's just what i think right sure. um but that doesn't mean he can't be a very useful nhl player and i've kind of referred to this before he, he just feels like a lou lamorello devil slash mm. islander like he just uh i like him out there the goal i think the goal helps uh, do I think he's going to get many more? No, but I think the, mm-hmm. the goal also helps. He, I saw his interview uh, after the game. There's just a confidence that comes with it and acceptance when that guy, and I think it was Parisi, it seems like it's always Parisi, grabs Raved that. about him. Yeah, and, and I mean also, but he grabs that puck, you know, and, you know, that, that just means so much to these guys. I saw it a lot of times because we saw it, we had a lot of people come through our system when I was there, and it, it is a confidence booster. So good for Holmstrom. Um, you know, we're, we're getting close to the point where he's a guy who you know could be an everyday New York Islander. He's just not going to be where you would have liked to have him to be, but he could be very valuable for this team. There you have it. So there's your heroes of the week. Simon Holmstrom, Semyon Varlamov, waiting to hear what's happen, happening with the Varlamov injury. Hopefully we get some, some updates on that eventually. But again, visit the Blue Line Deli and Bagels flag, flagship location in Huntington. Mention Hockey Night New York and get half off the white 
Well, so there's the sandwich again, Chris, if, nice. if you were curious. I, I, I was, I'm always excited to hear what the sandwich <laughs> is, and particularly, particularly this time. The next thing to look for when it comes to Varlamov will be a tweet tomorrow from the team or Kevin or Andrew or Stefan that talks about whether, you know, Corey Schneider had to meet the team in Colorado. Hmm. Very interesting. We'll see what happens with that. And now we will move on to my favorite segment of the show, what uh <laughs> questions brewing <laughs> close it's time for questions brewing <laughs> close one brought to you by you lost farmer brewing company that's right folks it's time for questions brewing brought to you by lost farmer brewing company and we happen to have some wonderful lost farmer selections here here's the top con ipa that i'm going to open up right now and sample as oh, we do this segment ed <laughs> jay cheers to that how are we doing in the chat uh Ever active as always. <laughs> what um, we got? We'll start off with T Boyle 13. Mm. Regular here at Hockey Night in New York. Yes, sir. What's up, Tom? Do you see Lou making a trade before <laughs> the freeze at midnight tomorrow? No. It's always Lou. No. No. <laughs> Stop asking. No, Tom, always appreciate the questions. I don't think Lou's in any rush. He's he's already said so himself. Uh, it's not time to panic. It's not time to to bring in a guy because they had a, a rough go here over the last couple of weeks. Lou's going to make a trade when the time is right, Chris. You can. Yeah, this is just to clarify too. This is just a holiday freeze, and what it is, it's, right. it, it's for re, to be respectful of players and their families. So that's why like a deal has to get done now, and then it picks up again after the holidays are over. And, and separate from Lou, who I don't believe is going to be making a trade in the next 24 hours, I don't, it's a good possibility that there won't be any. And part of it is also that the teams themselves, they, they have needs, but they, they can be met in a couple of weeks. You're going to bring over a player on December 20th and have him leave his family. They all play games around the 22nd, 23rd, and 26th. Usually, I believe that's exactly what the Islanders are doing to get the Rangers to yeah. get far. Mm -hmm. And they was almost always play on the 26th. Um, so, like, like, nobody wants to be bothered with that. You don't want right. to bother the Joanne Hollowers of, of the of the league or, <laughs> or these players' families and, and uproot them. So it, it's just like we can't the, – the idea behind this is, like, we're not going to do this and ruin anybody's thing. And I, so I don't see anybody – doing that tomorrow unless it's like something where a team is really you know shorthanded and, and needs a player okay there you have it so what else? ed what do you got next moving on to mike 4652 co what's up mike how we doing uh thoughts on lou claiming craig smith from waivers uh from boston right is that right i yeah. didn't even know he made a call no, you're, you're asking did he or will he? he should he yeah what's be i think I'm not sure. What How about Lou claiming Craig? Smith? Oh, so he, he probably that. wants to know if the Islanders should right. perhaps claim him. Uh, I'm going to say he probably won't. He's making it seem like he claimed him already. Well, perhaps Mike here. can clarify that in the chat, but I'm no. going to answer it as no. as Craig Smith went on waivers today. So did Austin Zarnick. Austin Danger Zarnick yeah. again. All right. Sashnikov is on waivers for the purposes of contract uh, termination. There you have it. Yeah, I, I saw some rumblings that Stefan Rosner was, was talking about it from NYA Hockey Now, saying that maybe Shosturkin is going to go, not Shosturkin, Sashnikov mm -hmm. is going to potentially go back to the KHL. Um, that, that makes sense to me. If he's not going to play for the Isles, and, and he probably wasn't interested in playing in the in Bridgeport, so that, that makes sense. But... Yeah, I don't. I don't think Lou's going to make any waiver claims. I don't think they need to. They're not. They're not. 
That's you, not where they are. They're at. Generally, have to be sure when you pick somebody up that they're going to then play for you because you're taking on a contract, yeah. you're taking on a roster spot. Um, I don't. I wouldn't think this would happen. Craig's on a three-year, nine million dollar deal. You just better be sure he's you know he's going to play for you. And I I don't think this is the case. The only the only wild card that happens here is if you have some real advocates in the front office, so whether it's a, a, a Kenny Morrow, Chris yeah. Lamorello, um, could even be you know the eighth guy on the pro scouting staff. If somebody just says, guys, I really, really believe in this person, take the shot. Like if somebody's willing to go that far out right on a limb, and scouts mm. usually are, and they are if they're really sure. Mm. So that sometimes you'll see the occasional pickup, and it's a surprise, and that's that's just because there are some big advocates for that player. I don't have a strong opinion on whether I think he should on Craig Smith sure. or whether he will. If, I, if I'm putting a little bit of money down, I would say no. Yeah, I, I agree there. Ed, what do you got next? Trotty A19. Hey. Is Putin, <laughs> is Putin threatening Sorokin or his family? There's definitely something next playing question. with his head lately. <laughs> next question. <laughs> you got Trotty A, I, I love the, the color. In the question, um, we talked about it last week, I think. Listen, uh, even the best goalies in this league are human, and they're going to have some tough games. And <laughs> I'm sure there's there's no outside stress weighing on Ilya Sorokin. He, he had a tough go. Uh, unfortunately, he, he hasn't gotten uh, maybe the, the, the results that he's wanted lately, but he's going to be fine. He is the number one goalie for the New York Islanders, and he's still going to be a Vezina candidate in the NHL, barring they don't completely fall off a cliff and miss the playoffs. Well said. Playing the Sean role here. I think we got time for one, maybe two max left. What do you got? Uh, okay. On Dremi 13. <laughs> <laughs> very very good, Chris. Uh, what do you make of Ryan Pollock's play? His defensive game has been a disappointment, a big disappointment at that. Uh, so, don't think he's played well this year. Sean? Stefan and I addressed this, uh, I think, two weeks ago, whatever it was. Stefan and I addressed Oh, you jealous? Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. He talks about every other host on this. Well, Chris, I mean, maybe if you were just here every every week, then you know, I would I would mention you, but it's 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 very fickle here. So I, I work with what I have. So a couple of weeks ago, Stefan Rosner, of great great co-host of NYI Hockey Now, was with me, and and we addressed that very thing. Ryan Pullock, a little quieter on the offensive side of things. Um, I've determined that he cannot hit the broadside of a barn with his his one hundred and one hundred plus mile an hour slap shot. He's in a slump with his bad. <laughs> it's it's been a long average. slump, uh, but he is still a very valuable defenseman to this team, and and I think that's the bottom line. And and as as the great Stefan Rosner and myself mentioned, <laughs> is that Noah Dobson has allowed Ryan Pollock to take a backseat, and and he doesn't have to be that, you know, top flight or top offensive producing defenseman. And I'm not sure if that's what the question was getting at as far as his offensive production. But, yes, he's been quieter. But, I mean, I still love the pellick Pullock mm -hmm. duo. When healthy, obviously. We're, we're working through that right now. But Ryan Pullock is, is a great defenseman for the New York Islanders. He, he may not be the, the offensive dynamo that maybe we, we thought we were going to get. Uh, coming up through through the draft and coming up from Bridgeport and whatnot, but again, Noah Dobson allows him to not have to be that guy. And at the end of the day, Ryan Pollock is a is a is a steady 
well-played defensive defenseman, and you know what? Maybe the offense just isn't going to come, but he's a valuable piece. Pollock's journey has been very interesting to me because the Islanders drafted him. He had a really good junior career, showed some signs early uh, under training camps. But I would hear from scouts, I know it's just mm. like something, but just take my word for it, I guess. And, and the, <laughs> the question about Pollock was his pace of play, his, uh, not just his skating speed, but just would he be able to uh, play? They thought he was an NHLer, but mm. in terms of a first-round pick, the question would be, could he keep up the pace to be a top-two pair player? I And... and and then, mm. like he did, and then you know mm. he scored a lot of goals, and he made a lot of money, and <laughs> now he feels like he's had a setback. Right. By no means am I concerned about him. He's very much in the prime of his career. I think he's a good NHL player. Yeah. But I just bring, I just raise that issue because he is somebody who uh, defied the skeptics uh, in a big way mm-hmm. to emerge as a bonafide top two pair uh guy and now you know he's taking you know he's had some bumps along the way i remember the five seconds that he was behind griffin reinhardt in the islanders prospect depth Mm -hmm. chart (laughs) again less than five seconds and we know the rest of of history with that but yeah look he's he's a he's a good defenseman he's a solid defenseman for this team and and a top pairing guy with with adam pellick even if he doesn't bring the flair that he might have once had or or just most top, you know, offensive defensemen bring, but um, I think he's still a great player for the New York Islanders, and he is what he is. Okay, one more, one more. I'll lump two in because they kind of both have to do a shootout. Sure. Uh, so who are the uh, first three uh, Islanders players mm. you put in a shootout, and do you see the NHL ever getting rid of the shootout? I would like you to go first on this, Chris. We don't mean this is if you don't mind. time question. This is currently. Um, Barzal. Okay. I would always go with Wallstrom. Okay. And if the answer to that is, well, he hasn't been that good lately, I mean, then have him practice it every freaking day. Um, because if you have that shot and you have those hands, it should, I know it doesn't always translate. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he'd be there. And then I would say not. Josh Bailey. Um, okay. There's a few guys who I would say not. Um, not answer. My, yeah. Um, you're missing a very... So you, you, the first guy that I would put on my list you haven't named yet. Okay, go ahead. Brock Nelson. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I Brock knew, I, Nelson I knew I was missing somebody. has to be in that three. And, and has he always been? Is he always? I mean, well, they've done that's right. They've only been in one this year, so we don't have right. To yeah, that, I, that that's part of why I was drawing a blank. It's fine. It's fine. We we forgive you. I would. I was gonna say Franz and you know Caposo. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. They haven't had a shootout specialist yeah. since Franz Nielsen, and, yeah. and not many teams can even make a claim to have a guy like that. Correct. But Brock Nelson is is the top of my current list for the New York Islanders as far as the shootout goes. It's shame, it's a shame that you even have to make these and even practice it. I hate the shootout, but it's there. But yes, Brock Nelson, I'm fine with Matt Barzell, and I do agree with Oliver Wallstrom. He didn't get in there the other night. We saw Josh Bailey and he he was unsuccessful. I don't understand. Yeah, that's my point. Is I don't understand going with Josh. No offense. Josh over the only with hands the only reason why I can I can see 
that Wallstrom didn't get into that shootout that night was because the coaching staff isn't confident enough in him yet. Like, why else? Because he's the only other real trigger man outside of Brock Nelson. I mean, can can somebody make an argument for Kyle Palmieri or Zach Parisi? Okay, fine. But, like, but if you're really, like, having a conversation on whether Palmieri or Parisi should be in your top three for a shootout, that means... That you really don't have the guns for a shootout to begin with. And I think that's where the Islanders are. Right. They they really don't have shootout specialists. But Brock Nelson's my number one. Matt Barzell, and I guess when Lambert's comfortable with it, yeah, Oliver Wallstrom. Because yeah. we know he has the shot. Yeah. The uh, other night, Barzell scored in the shootout as he's about to get the puck. Butch Goring, I always have a, a Butch Goring reference every show now. Said said he's got to come in with speed. Do you owe him money? <laughs> he's got to. No, no. This was an interesting one. This isn't a criticism, but because which, which believes that it, that you should come in with speed and make a move and uh, and not get in too close to the goalie. And Barzal didn't come in with speed and then scored. Uh, so you just you know you just never know. Can I can I actually comment on on Butch Goring's? Uh, did you watch the the Arizona game? Yeah. Okay, he was not impressed with the Islanders from from start to finish mm-hmm. in that game. Yeah, he has a good feel for that. Yeah, and he basically the entire night was just kind of. I'm not saying shitting on the Islanders, but as close to it yeah, as possible. Yeah, he's not somebody who's got to shit on it, but sometimes by his. But by he was just not impressed, like yeah. like almost like like borderline sarcastic comments about think, yeah, the way think, they played think, their I game. I think he night. had a sense that their head was not in the yeah. game and they were in danger, and he wound up being right. So I full, f- full marks. Yeah, that. I agree. It was just a very rare night because Butch is usually generally optimistic about the New York Islanders. But here's another thing. When it comes to the broadcast, and by the way, I love all of them, uh, and including the people who work behind the scenes and who happen to be personal friends of mine in some mm. cases, okay? What else? I, actually, I don't know for sure on, on the Arizona game because I didn't look back on it, mm-hmm. but what was unique about yesterday's broadcast that would surprise you now at this stage in late 2022? You tell me. Brendan and Butch were not there. Mm. Okay, yes, that is unique. They they and the reason it was clear and I think this might I think this affects the broadcast and could maybe even like make you wonder why if Butch sounded a little different or whatever, mm-hmm. but they did that in the studio somewhere. I would assume they did it at the MSG studios. Sure. That's where, so during the pandemic, they started getting, you actually right. would see Joe. Yes. They, they reveled in it because it was the safe thing to do and, mm-hmm. and announcers. Right. But now some networks are still using it either as a way to save money, save on travel, maybe Brendan's schedule. I mean, one night he's in Calgary for TNT and the right. show he's at UBS. Right. You know, I, Pace yourself, buddy. You got a long career ahead. Yeah. I know. I know it's a great kid. Now we're shitting on Brendan. No, what I'm saying. I, I, I know I'm, I'm more out of concern. Is there's going to be a lot of games in this guy's future? So anyway, they weren't there, and the reason. So next time to look for this, you never saw them on camera last night. Yeah, uh, and okay, you could also yeah. if you then once you realize it, if you listen, you realize there's not. They're in Vegas where there's this great ambiance of the game where it's loud and like that, and the game just uh, it felt like a pandemic broadcast. So that was the mm. case there. Once again, on a tangent. Once again, I go over time. I bring you longer than I 
plan on. But Butch and, and Chris, Brendan. the tangents Butch, are why we're here. Exactly. Butch and Brendan weren't there, and, and I, I would hope it's for a good reason. I would hope it's not for a cost savings reason because Islander fans mm. deserve the best. I like MSG networks. I don't have this anti-MSG thing. I also was employed by them for two of my 57 years on life, only two, um, but they were good to me. But um, Full disclosure. So, yeah, I just want, yeah, because I get that. Somebody, oh, you work there. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, was, I, I don't know why they wouldn't be at these places. I don't think they were at Mullet either, because why would you be in Mullet and then not go to Vegas, which isn't far mm. away. And these are two places with really unique ambiance. Go ahead. No, that actually makes sense. I could see why Butch was so unhappy because they didn't send him to, to Arizona and <laughs> Vegas. I would be pissed too if they didn't send me to Vegas. I just know they weren't in Vegas. I, I unfortunately wasn't able to look back on the uh, Arizona game, which I saw. So, but I would think so. But that's just odd to me. And the fans deserve better. There might be a good reason for it, and I, I want to give all the benefit of the doubt. Um, they should maybe share that reason why with a Neil Best at Newsday or, or an Andrew Marchand or or even on Twitter. But uh, you know our announcers, our announcers, our announcers who are so great and beloved in Brendan and Butchie uh, should be there at these road games. Fair play. Curious to see why that is the case. Is somebody is, responding? Or? Mike, Mike said tangent night in New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I think, I think, nobody in chat has any insight about that broadcast, about the broadcasters not being there, do they? I'm just because it's possible they might know more than we do. Um, that's very no. possible. No. Okay. no but they weren't fine. there. That's okay. We tried. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. So you better, you better close the show. Up. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna do it. For, <laughs> that's gonna do it for questions, brilliant no folks. Tangents. We we appreciate you guys all the questions, all the chatter. Of course, thank you so much for tuning in live. So Ed, cue that music, please. All right, folks, I want to thank you all for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. And of course, your favorite podcast providers. I want to send a big thanks to Chris Botter for sitting next to me and suffering through this show with me. <laughs> hockey yeah. Night in New York. No question about it. We'll get and Stefan a- back here. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> and a huge thanks to our sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Visit them at bluelinedeli.com to sample all their favorite, all their great offerings. Get a, t- get a taste of the menu. And, of course, a huge thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company in 63A. reading says. Get a taste of their menu. She can't Christ. read your own hand. Chris... I can't wait till it's over. <laughs> and a huge thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. Check out lostfarmerbrewing.com to get a sample of their menu as well. And a huge thanks to our brand new sponsor, Main Street Board Game Cafe, located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Check out Main ST boardgamecafe.com and of course follow us at Hockey Night NY at Twitter, Facebook Instagram and TikTok and if you're super bored Chris where can we find you on Twitter? Never mind that come, come, come on out Thursday to Lost Farmer Brewery that's right I, I, I'm really excited about that I really hope a lot of people that can are able to join yes absolutely no question about it Follow Chris at Chris Botta NHL, but more importantly, Follow come down. 
follow us. And Mineola, Lost Farm Brewing Company, is going to be a great time on Thursday night. Bring your Ranger fan friends. It's going to be a great time. Uh, awesome selections on the taps. It's going to be phenomenal. 50-50 raffle, lots of prizes, lots of giveaways, a lot of fun time. Ed, you going to be there? You coming down? Of course. Awesome. Ed's going to be there. So, I mean, what better reason Interact. to come down to Lost Farmer <laughs> Brewing Company than for Ed? <laughs> so follow myself on Twitter, at Shawnee Hockey. And please, if you dig what we're doing here, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. We're having a lot of fun here at Hockey Night in New York. We're going to have more great guests. Check us out for Islander Hockey. Have a great night. Quick disclaimer: I am uh, I denounce Eds of uh, the Rangers or whatever those guys were. All the all the Eds, oh right, the Ranger yeah, Eds. Ranger said, yeah, that those guys. Yeah, I mean, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> denounce them. Playing the song again. <laughs> well, for Chris Botta, I'm Sean Cuthbert. We've been hogging on New York. Have a great rest of your night. <laughs>